The Path of Resistance podcast is the podcast for people wanting to learn how living life with intentionality can lead us to living our best lives. In today's world, the norm is to follow the path of least resistance, which leads to mediocrity at best. Instead, you should strive to take the path of resistance, knowing that what's to come is sweeter than what you ever could have imagined. I'm your host, Carly Welty. Join me as I interview guests who have taken the path of resistance in all areas of life and are here to share the beauty that has brought them. On this journey, you can expect to hear stories about finances, faith, business, mindset, and anything in between. Let's dive in. Today, I have Gina Oldham as a guest. She is such a great inspiration in the fitness world as a mom, as a business owner, and a podcaster. In today's episode, she talks about reaching out to big podcasters and how they were kind enough to answer back to her questions. Well, she is full circle now because I know she's a busy lady, but she took the time out of her day to answer my questions, allow me to be a guest on her podcast, and be interviewed for my podcast. Back to being a guest on her podcast, keep in mind that was my first ever time being a guest on someone else's podcast. She made the experience as easy as possible, and I can never thank her enough for that. I mentioned she's a busy lady, right? Well, along with everything else she has going on, Gina is also hosting an event in Chattanooga, Tennessee on November 5th called the Abundance Formula Event. If you've been itching to go to a live event and feel like you need to get in the room with the right people who can help you impact the world at a higher level, check out her event. The link will be in the show notes. Now, without further ado, here's today's episode. Hi, Gina. Thank you so much for joining the podcast today. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Okay. So I'm going to start out with a question that I want to start out all podcasts with, which is what is a time that you took the path of resistance, which led to a more beautiful result than taking the path of least resistance? Yeah. So definitely the first one that comes to mind, honestly, is my podcast, the abundance formula, because not only has this turned into really great opportunities for me, but it was a place where, so as far as the initial resistance, like I didn't go to school for any of that. I don't consider myself a techie person or, you know, good at figuring out computer stuff or all of that. So it was not a space that like in any way I had the prerequisites to be good at. Right. So I, I had, I was, I had just finished my residency, um, as a practitioner in orthotics and prosthetics. And I'd maybe, uh, maybe been in practice for about a year, year and a half, and, um, was doing really well in that had received an award, like within my first year for my accomplishments in the field, but it just didn't feel like not enough, but I didn't feel quite in alignment. I felt like there was more impact I was supposed to make and in a different way. And I always loved personal development stuff. I was consuming so many different podcasts of personal development and business and all these things. And so for some reason, one day I just woke up and God was like, you need to create a podcast, which then my initial imposter syndrome was like, but I like, why would I create a podcast? Like, who am I to make one? I don't have all the things. This isn't, so I didn't go to school for marketing or for any of these things that could make, say, a podcast and what I thought my head would make it a success, right? Or why would someone listen to it? I didn't have a big following at the time. And so, but it was in my head and like the name was already right there in front of me, the abundance formula. And I thought, okay, well, it just, it was too clear not to start pursuing it. So I went ahead and started, you know, asking my brother and some people who I, who were techie and stuff. And initially they were kind of like, you don't need to get all into that. It's more work than it's, you know, benefited. It's, it's just really not something you should get into, but I still felt called to it. So I kept saying, well, look, how about I do the research? Cause I knew I needed my brother to do this. And he's all, he's all in now. And he's the one who handles all of my tech stuff. But in the beginning, it was like, this is so, you know, this wasn't a world he was necessarily in. He's definitely smart technologically, but he'd never been into the whole podcast thing. And so I was like, look, what if I do all the research needed and I'll just like hand it to you basically to put it into code or whatever it is needed. And so he's like, sure. So I did that work and I asked around and I, you know, I was bold to ask people who were, were putting on the successful podcast I was listening to. I didn't think they were going to answer back, but they did. And they told me the equipment and they told me the things. And so I started ordering the things and like doing all of that work. And there was plenty of other life busyness that wanted to get in the way, but I just kind of kept pushing this side dream. It's not like it was paying, paying me anything. I didn't know what it was going to become and just still kept getting it created. And then we got it launched. Um, and again, I was like, okay, I'm going to put, I, I wanted to have guests on, but again, who, like, who's going to want to be on my podcast. I'm not any, you know, 
unless people know me from my community, they don't know who I am necessarily on a global basis. But then again, I just still had this calling inside that I was meant to be on this platform and to spread this impact and to that it was going to be a gift of mine. It wasn't my gift yet, but it was going to be my gift to have access to really big people with really great inspiration and impact to get on this, to spread their message to other people. So I just started like scrolling on Instagram. And if I got a soul hit to reach out to somebody, I would. And so like by episode two, I had Ben Higgins, the bachelor on my podcast, like a celebrity with over a million followers. So again, which was terrifying. So again, here's resistance. I was like, I did not, was not expecting him. In fact, I didn't even actually reach out to him. I I just saw an ad for this generous coffee company on Instagram and got this, you know, intuition to like read about them and and their mission and vision. I loved it. And it it was a give back and all this stuff. So I was going to have the founder of that on, I didn't know he was the founder, you know, Wow, that's amazing. you know, I I knew that like celebrities are always posting themselves with stuff. Right. So I'd seen him with the, the coffee, but I just thought it was yet another celebrity promoting something they got paid, you know, for, but so then turns out, well, like, yeah, Ben will come on the podcast with his co-founder and they'll both be on your podcast. So by episode two, now I'm terrified because I'm thinking I'm just going to get my gears rolling before I really get knee deep in big people. Well, that wasn't God's plan. So then like, here we are. So again, resistance, I wanted to freak out and just find reasons to cancel. And, you know, still was figuring out texts, you know, like the best mic, the mic's not working, the sound, you know, and just putting on a face, like everything's going well on this end, you guys just let's keep interviewing. And so, you know, all this stuff in my head of like, I am not cut out for this, but I just kept showing up anyways and just kept stepping up to the plate and stretching myself. And I just tried to envision myself as, okay, there's this future Gina. That's like this motivational speaker and, and, you know, worldwide and doing all these big things. That wasn't who I was yet, but that's what I just pretended to be and not even just pretend, but tried to just embody that person in the time. And then it started to bring about those kinds of results. So fast forward, that was 2018. And, you know, now I've been fortunate to interview billionaires and celebrities and just all kinds of abundant, successful people on my podcast. I do get to speak. I'm going to Belize in January to speak for a women's event. So like all this stuff, I have an event that's the abundance formula event. There's workshops. So all of this has blown up into more. I mean, it's, I would say it's more than what I thought, but it really wasn't. It was this, you know, soul hit that I had but I had no evidence for it. So that's the resistance is you'll, you'll have this calling inside and it most likely if it's legit, won't make sense to anyone else outside of you. It won't make sense to your current qualifications or your current skill sets. And that's honestly, I think when you know, you've hit the magic, because in my opinion, God's not going to ask you to do something that you can do by yourself. The real deal is something you're going to only be able to do with his help. And that's the big thing that you're called to do. So that's an example of one thing. Wow. I feel like I had other questions to ask you and we could literally just talk about this the whole time because <laughs> I wrote yeah. down like five questions while you were saying that. So uh, first is that it's so interesting that you chose the podcast just because just from the short time that I've known you, I see that you've done so many amazing things. And for that to be one example of resistance is just like, it amazes me because I feel like you've done so many good things in your life. Like not only are you a mom and a wife, which comes with its own struggles, but then you are a speaker and you have your podcast and you're an entrepreneur. So that is, that's interesting that you chose that. I'm glad you touched on that. And you mentioned how God was telling you like that you need to do this. So what is the role that God played in your podcast? Cause I just find that I feel like you're very strong in your faith and I love that about you. So can you talk about that for a little bit? Yeah. So that's, you know, for me, that was something I was always blessed with as a kid is I had parents that were, um, you know, we always went to church, but they actually lived it out. It wasn't religion. It was like actual, you know, spiritual, true connection. They always were Bible studying and actually doing the things they read as opposed to just going to church and you need to check that box. And so I always was luckily raised with a really good spirit, like relationships with reading the Bible and then not just reading it, but looking for God in the actual world and seeing the Bible as more of getting to know what God's voice sounds like. So then when you get out in the world, you recognize him speaking to you, whether it's, you know, through something that you see or another person or something you read or a podcast you listen to, or just like I said, these soul hits, this intuition, this deeper intuition of like, you want me to do this? Lord? Like, so to me, it's not just myself. Like I can tell the difference when it's my head telling me to do something versus like my spirit telling me like, you need to do this thing. So that comes with a lot of time spent reading the Bible. And it doesn't mean reading in the sense of like, 
I mean, you can decide to read it straight through, or you can do different Bible studies. But like to me, I, I, I often like to use just a devotional, whatever, if it's a separate devotional, and then I'll go look up the scripture that was that particular theme day. And then I'll just read that whole chapter and I'll just read again. It doesn't matter if you get some just life-changing lesson from the particular passage you read to me again. It's just, it's like spending time with a friend and then you understand and know that friend's voice and what that friend is like, even in their integrity and whatever. So then you recognize them if they're across the room and you can't see them and there's a crowd, like, you know, when your bestie's over there telling you, Hey, it's over here. This is the exit or whatever it is. So that's how I describe as far as my spirituality. So then I know and have that feeling when, okay, you need to message generous coffee, Gina. I'm like, well, who is this? Okay. I do love coffee, but I'm sure this isn't just for me to go make another purchase. I, you know, go and okay. Look at their mission and vision. Okay. Wow. I really love that. They're helping, you know, kids in Africa. And this is a get, you know, a give back thing. And, and so I just come to recognize again, spending time in the scripture helps me to know when those soul hits are a deeper thing telling me to follow. And I've become, especially I'm really passionate about being in tune with like what your calling is. And like I said, I think that's something like we're the ones who make our calling and purpose complicated. It's really not complicated for God. Like, and it's, it's been in us since we were born. And when it gets muddled is as we get older and external adults start to be like, well, that gift that you have, or even not a gift, because so many people like say for my pockets, I've had on the thing they're successful at is not what they went to school to do. It's not what they were actually initially skilled at doing. It was a calling in their soul that they decided to finally step out into. And so since I'm confident in what his voice sounds like, I step into that calling a lot more than I think people that maybe aren't as familiar because you're it's, it's a scary thing to do. And so I have more peace in doing the scary things because if it's him telling me to do it, I may not believe in myself at the moment, but he obviously does. So I'm just going to go for it and see what, what comes out of it. Um, I'm not sure if that answers your question fully. (laughs) Yeah, I love that answer because I love how in the beginning you said it wasn't, especially growing up, it wasn't religion, it was relationship. And that's so important for people to understand because I think especially like recently I've heard about a lot of people just getting, um, I don't want to use the word damage, but like they had, they went through like some sort of trauma in the church because it's all about, you know, legalism and, and following these rules and stuff. And that's something that I want to break is like, that's not what it's about. And right. um, that's actually kind of part of the path of resistance podcast is like, at some point I want to talk about like obedience and self-discipline and stuff. And that those are just like tools, right? They're not negative or positive, but that applying those is like God gives us those boundaries so that he can bless us and that he can like have us walk right next to him. Last Sunday um, at my church, the pastor was talking about how it's kind of like training a dog. Like you have to discipline them because they want to run wherever they want to run, but you need to teach them to be running right next to you, like walking right next to you. And that is their safe place because when they're next to you and they're, they're listening to you, then they're not going to get disciplined. Right. And Mm -hmm. so it's kind of the same thing with God, like this standing next to him, walking next to him on his path is a safe place for you. And so it's all about relationship, not about relationship. So I love how you said that. Um, and then I love how you said you kind of talked about like almost it's a mind block to be able to get past whenever you have that calling, especially as an adult, because adults are way harder than on themselves and kids, right? Like kids can be these big dreamers, but when you turn into this adult and you're like, okay, I have, I have to provide for my family or I have to grow up and do these like boring things almost that they forget that they can have these dreams. So it's like, I'm getting rid of that mind block to be like, no, this is the calling that God has on my life. And this is something that I'm passionate about. He gave this to me for a purpose. So I love how you said that. I did have another question. Like I said, I wrote down like five questions from you talking Mm -hmm. in the beginning. So whenever you talked about the resistance from your brother, is there anything that helped helped you, especially, I know personally, it can be hard to have resistance from someone that you love and trust. So is there anything that you kind of work through whenever you got that pushback to be like, no, this is something that I really need to pursue. And how did that look for you? Yeah. So I would say the example I'll give is even more than that one. Like for, for him, he was just, he thinks more logis- logistically, like he, he was all about the dream, but just the logistics of it. Like had I thought about that. Mm-hmm. And so he's, he's someone, he's one of the few family members that I have that I can share my dreams with. Cause he's one that I know won't just be like, yeah, go, you know, he'll have some tactical, like, okay, you can do it, but like, here's some connection dots we need to make. So he's kind of the realistic 
you can do your dream, but here's some logistics. And then my mom is like, go for the dream. You know, <laughs> she's like all that. But then there's other family members that I have. So, so this is another example of resistance. So I keep lean into the resistance people when you feel it, because it doesn't mean you're going the wrong way. In fact, most of the time it means you're going the right way. And the devil's just trying to hold you back because he knows what's coming. So for the podcast, so even recently, so this year, I've really been having a lot of forward momentum with the podcast, with this event that I'm creating in November and the speaking engagements and these things. And so I had put out a solo episode that was requested by people from me about how to be motivated and stay focused. It seems like a simple, you know, so I did a podcast on that, got great feedback from it. And I get a phone call from a different family member. And he told me, like, took enough time out of his day to call and tell me that he felt like I needed to, that I was talking about things that I hadn't had enough life experience to be talking about in that episode. And that um, I needed to stay in my own lane. And he felt like my lane was fitness because that's what people had known me for, for before and like medical stuff with my orthotics prosthetic stuff. So I should just stay there and I shouldn't talk about those other things. Cause I just didn't have enough knowledge experience or background and all this stuff. <laughs> and it was like, honestly, mind blowing for anybody to take the time to tell somebody that it's like, if someone's putting out good in the world, world, like how is this threatening you? But so big resistance, somebody that I was, would have hoped would be a supporter in any shape, form or fashion. But so from that pushback, it could have been frightening. Like, I mean, I did have to even push through the fear of the next solo episode to do of again, like, well, who am I? I, you know, but then what it, what I did to push through that was because people important to you, you want them to value you. You want them to see what you're doing in the world is they want, you want them to think you're qualified. So what I did in that moment was actually was like, okay, it's created now this internal fear about like, who am I? So then I went out and I found the evidence. It's like, I already knew who I was, but so, okay, that, and I didn't, it didn't matter to go prove that to them. I just wanted to show myself. So I went, you know, through myself. I'm like, okay, even this particular podcast talking about motivation, I dug deep and I was like, you know what? It, my lane is this, like, whether you want to stick to like my practitioner job alone, I've seen and coached over 25,000 people in mindset. Like I don't just see a patient. I see people who have no legs and want to go, you know, change the world. And so we're like, okay, if you're going to do this, you're going to have to be a whole new you at this point. You know, or I see little kids that don't even look human. They're so deformed, but by me looking at them as a person and talking to their parents, like this child is a person changes everything, you know, or doctors tell them they can't walk. And I tell the kid, if you want to do this, we can do this and we make them walk again. So I like, so I found the evidence. I was like, you know what? I have this in me. And it gave, so by the time I looked through like the evidence of my practitioner job of fitness, you know, like the people that aren't in shape that I get in shape, it's not about lifting the weights. The weights is the easy part. It's what's happening inside of you. What, where's your value? Like in digging onto those personal issues is what I really do every day in that, you know, and with the podcast, I have had so many successes. I, people are asking me for this information and I'm giving it to them. Like, so again, I found all these affirmations that God was giving me that you are in the right place. Is this what you went to school for? No, it's not. But guess what? You're doing beyond the impact you could do with your school degree through something like this. So by the time I like did all this research that frankly I had, I like, I actually looked up in my computer system at my practitioner job, how many people that I've reached minimum, you know? So I would have never done that if this catalyst of somebody like being a hater would never have happened. You know what I mean? So I didn't even realize the impact I was making because, you know, we're all our own worst critics. So for me, I still, again, is still feeling like, you know, who am I or whatever could still pop up as imposters and be like, dang, dang, I've done more than I even realized at this point. So it kind of actually made me go out there and come back with even more confidence because I went ahead and, and dug deep on, well, who am I? What do I do? What good am I doing in the world? And found so much evidence for it, which was actually really empowering at the end of the day. So I'd say, you know, for a family member, just go out there and prove to yourself and then you'll have that and you'll have that evidence. And it's probably already there in your life, whether they knew about all the personal things you've been through or not. Um, that's not for them to judge. And you know, exactly, you know, your worth. So dig into it and you'll have that confidence. Yeah, that's a great answer. I love how you dug into like give that confidence to yourself. And the fact that you kind of mentioned that you can motivate 
or inspire people in any role that you're in. That's kind of what I got. That was one of the 10 things I probably got from what you just said. But I think that could be inspiring to people in itself because they might be like, oh, well, this person created a podcast and they're doing so great with it. But like, I can never see myself doing that. One, you really need to dig in and see like maybe you can do that. But two, if that's not something you want to do, there's other ways to still inspire others every day just in their regular job. Like it can be, you can touch people's lives in in ways that you would have never imagined. So that's something to remember too. Mm-hmm. And then you kind of also talked about the the event that you're putting on in November. And that's that's honestly what I thought your first answer was going to be about, <laughs> like the resistance thing. But can you tell us a little bit about what led you to put that event on and what your dreams are for that, what you what your visions are, how it's going to look? Yeah. There's definitely plenty around any of the things, any of the endeavors that I'll go for, which is just, again, for people, just evidence that you're going Mm -hmm. the right way. Um, So for the event, so the event really came about from just having done this podcast. There's just so much um, value in this concept of the abundance formula and so many commonalities to the people that I've spoken with of what not just successful people have, like and mindset, how they approach opportunity, how they see obstacles, you know, the way they live their life, the things they do, but abundant people, not just successful, but abundant, fulfilled people, people in alignment, um, that even though they have even far, like for, if you're always, if you're a driven person, you're always going to try to one up yourself. So it's not like their end goals have all been reached. They're going to always be pursuing and striving, but yet they can still be fulfilled and happy in the process and in the, in the journey itself. And so I was like, this is something that people need to experience at a live event. I just as much as I have access to these people through podcasts, I can get these kinds of people into a room to then touch other people. So for me, I was really passionate about, okay, I want to use this gift that I have to to connect with these epic people and to then have relationship with relationships with them that they would come show up for me at something like this event. Mm-hmm. And I'm super passionate. So this event is called the abundance formula, clarify your calling, step into your purpose. And that particular mission um, or message is, is something I'm passionate about because where I grew up was a really conservative community and plenty of really great things from that. Like I said, having this, it was, it was, the end thing to have this spiritual relationship. So that was a blessing for myself. But the the hard part about that community is, is it was um, very conservative. And if the thing you aspire to do as a career or for your impact in the world didn't fit in this certain box, then it wasn't possible Mm -hmm. or it was wrong or it was too much. And you just needed to like be happy and satisfied. And, or, you know, so if you shared your dream to, to somebody that it didn't fit in the box, you sort of got steered as a young child to what was more acceptable. And so that was frustrating long-term because as a kid, until you're old enough to know, like, no, but, you know, following the whispers inside that again, aren't the complicated message. Like it, what's in us from the start was, was what it was meant to be. And then it gets muddled down by all those other people like, no, it should go this way. And then now you start getting deterred. Um, so that was always so hard for me. So then it wasn't until later in life that I finally got got to work on what I really was called to do, like this kind of stuff. And so I want to try to help people that whether they're young people or they're where I am or they're later than I am, that it's never too late to finally ditch all those old limiting beliefs and actually listen to what's still in there. And since what you had as a child, you just got to tap back into it and let's bring it to life. So that's what this event is about. It's helping people clarify what that calling is uh, if they don't know. And then if they, if they do know, or they start to, you know, get an idea of it while we're at this event, then let's work on the mindset tools to help you believe that you're number one worthy of it, that you have the capacity to bring it to life. Um, and that you need you need to do it. People need you to do it. And then third is to actually give them tactical how-tos to bring it to life and what this could look like. And of course, working together with other people in the audience, sharing your ideas with each other. Um, and just the act of coming to an event like this in person is what I tell people is the first step in that journey because you're getting out of your comfort zone and breaking your usual mold to create change. You got to make a catalyst for change and it's getting outside of your normal flow that does that. And I also tell people too, the cool thing about an in-person event is so many times your breakthrough that we're waiting for is not a particular thing. It's like a who, who did you need to meet? And I've met so many people, especially in the launch of my podcast, going to events like this, the people that we created the breakthroughs 
for each other, you know, or in fitness competitions. One of the speakers at my event is Whitney Weiser Savage. We met 11 years ago at a national fitness competition, complete strangers, and have stuck together over these past 11 years and have built really amazing things together. That's whose event I'm speaking at in Belize, you know, so it's like amazing what you can create from just showing up to an event like this. So that's my passion with this event is to really help people rediscover what the calling was all along, if they've been living all these years, you know, not feeling in alignment and to finally start walking in their truth. And to just, I just want people to believe they can. Like I do, there's just too many stories that I, from myself and from other people I've had on this podcast to just like, you are like, that's my pet peeve when people make people feel like they're not qualified. One of my, two of my favorite people in the whole world that I would love to meet and love to interview is Chip and Joanna Gaines. And like Joanna Gaines was saying, she did not go to school for design. She had no design experience. There was no evidence for her to be a designer. The only thing she had since childhood is she loved home. That's it. She just loved a sense of home. And so something so simple as that people sometimes are even looking for skill sets. She didn't have the skill sets to start. What is your seed God put inside? Joanna Gaines loved home and home was special to her. It wasn't until she then met somebody in the future who was her partner that she was meant to meet who flipped homes and built homes and, and picked homes that looked terrible and wanted to recreate them. And so then he invited her. She said, you know, I've always loved home. So he said, hey, why don't you throw your, you know, your spin on this house that I got and see what you come up with. And she's like, and it was terrible. Every room had a different theme, but it, you know, it's kind of fun. He let me just play and he let me mess up and it didn't matter. He didn't care. He was just like, just play. And then all of a sudden she became, you know, found this passion for creating something beautiful for other people in their home and to make it feel like home for them. So then here we have this, you know, Joanna Gaines, probably one of the most known designers in the world who again, had no design skill to start with. That wasn't what made her good enough. It was that there was a seed in her that God planted and it wasn't even a talent. She had to hone in that talent through trial and error and practice and going for it and failing and messing up and surrounding herself with people like Chip and others who were fine for her to do that, to hone in this thing that God needed her to master to, to do all the things they're doing today. So I'm really passionate about people finding out that that's true for them too, not just other people, but for them too. So that's what this event is about and to be facilitators of creating that breakthrough for other people. That's so important, like getting in the room, right? A lot of people, especially after we've all been isolated from COVID like that, it can be so important is just like meeting these people and knowing that they needed to be in your life or that you needed to be in their life. And mm -hmm. so I love um, the mission of your event. And also I feel like there's two two sides of people. Like sometimes they could be this wild dreamer and kind of need that person in their life, like your brother to reel in and be like, I love that dream. You, I want to push you to go towards it, but here you need to think about these logistics. Um, and then there's the other people who I think is probably more common is where they're like, I'm not worthy of this dream. And so even putting those two people in the same room can just bring mm -hmm. beautiful things together. So that right. is so exciting about your event. Yeah. What, um, real quick, when is it and how can people get tickets to it? It's November 5, 2022. It's in Chattanooga, Tennessee. It'll go from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. We've got four different keynote speakers. There'll be a live Q&A at the end too, so you can actually ask your own questions after we've kind of gone through all the speakers' sessions and there's workbooks we're doing stuff in. So you'll get your own questions. Food's provided as well at lunch and kind of breakfast, brunch time. Um, and they can get tickets um, on our website, um, which is www.oldham.com strong.com and you can click the speakers tab or the speaking events tab there and it'll take you to the event um, also on my instagram my link tree at the top in my bio which is or you can you can just type it into your search engine too so it's link l-i-n-k-t-r dot e-e forward slash old and strong. And that'll pull up our whole little drop down. You can click the abundance formula event. And I've got a promo code for your listeners so they can get 20% off as well. And that's Gina in all caps. It is case sensitive. So Gina, J-E-A-N-A 20, and that'll get you 20% off your tickets. That is awesome. Thank you so much. I, I can't wait for people to go in here and Something else that I just want to touch on really quick that you said, and this can be something that they discover at your event is like, sometimes it's not these big things that people are looking for. Sometimes it's so simple as to like, like Joanna Gaines, she loved 
home. So I hope that people can go to your event and find what their calling is and just get confidence and confirmation on that. And then also help to, um, to boil that something that you think is so big down to something that's so simple and just be like, that has been it the entire time and just run with it. So that's exciting. I know everyone that goes will be so Mm -hmm. impacted. I can't wait for that. And to tap into, I just want to tell everybody this because it's kind of funny. I just, and it just sort of hit me a few weeks ago when I did an interview on a different podcast that I think that you had listened to, but, um, you know, it can be this, at this event, we're going to help you tap into things that to you and as a kid or younger seem just like silly, again, unrelevant things, but like, there's so much, uh, miracle that can happen in play. So as a kid, I actually had my own fake radio show that I figured out how to do on my, like box with a tape and stuck it in. And I would pretend like I'd have the music play for a while. And then I'd come in and I would fake interview people. I would be both people's voices. I mean, it's so embarrassing and terrible. My mom still has the old tapes and everything. I call it J and J radio. And it it was seemingly, you know, especially to external, my mom thought it was so cute, you know, or whatever, but seemingly random child's play. Right. Well, to me, that is a, you know, predestined fun skill set that God was having me practice then. You know, and again, if I hadn't, you know, been deterred again, this isn't other people's fault. We're all part of this whole process too. But, you know, when you're a kid, you, it's hard, you don't have all these higher thoughts yet, but, you know, so getting back to the fun and looking at stuff that to you might just seem like a stupid, irrelevant, not a skill set, so dumb, silly, especially as it's first versions. And yet that's the thing. So it's really cool to let people feel free to be in a safe space where they're welcome to play and in these workbooks they're talking together look back in your history to find the things like that that you're like huh let me just go ahead and play around with this again see what the evolution of it turns into so that's just a fun backstory of that like never would have thought at that point that here I am today doing podcasts talking to really epic people and doing events based on this podcast and it started out as J&J radio with me, myself and I. <laughs> that is so cute. And that's cool because I know a lot of people will go into your event and just hear stories like that and be able to work through it for themselves and be so impacted. So I'm I'm excited for that and for everyone who goes. Um, okay. So earlier you kind of mentioned this, but you're a four times national athlete. Can you tell us more about this? What sport is it for? And what did your path to success look like for you? Yeah. So I competed in, um, the bikini division of bodybuilding. So for women, there's a lot of different divisions. And so most people, when they hear bodybuilding, they think like of the, the big chicks, which there is the big chicks, but that's <laughs> bodybuilding. And then it kind of drops down. There's of course now that since I was doing it, there's multiple different divisions, but it kind of whittles down from like the most muscular to more than like kind of what you see on like muscle and fitness magazine or shape magazine. And these kind of people like are people that kind of do that division. So I competed in the bikini division and won multiple state shows. And then national is uh, where I met Whitney and was competing nationally. And then I did some international shows where international people came as well. Uh, Play seventh in the world for my height. And I did that when I was in graduate school, which was like the worst time of my life and worst timing of you talk about the most limited time span available to do things. Right. Um, and so it just goes to show again, like success often happens in these peak resistance periods where you have to really focus in on what you want from yourself and step up to the plate. Um, and so for me, the, that fitness journey, it kind of started, I, I decided I had a trainer that had said I had a good physique to compete and I didn't really know what it was, but then he showed me, you know, what they looked like. And I was like, that would be a cool, just goal. I'd always done sports and athletics and I had the capacity in in college to go to college for basketball. And I chose not to do that because the person I was dating at the time didn't want me to leave town and go play for the team I was going to play for. And so, and I kind of was also not diehard about doing it because I was like, I have no desire to go be in the WNBA, you know, like as far as the highest goal, like I would have loved to be a professional athlete, but not necessarily in basketball. And so I still had this desire to maybe try to become a professional athlete And bodybuilding was something I could do while still doing other things in life, because all that it needed was you had to work out and eat healthfully um, and learn the posing, the routine and stuff. But otherwise, that was something I could totally do while continuing my school. And it didn't have to be like a one or the other. So I started doing that. And it was really fun because my mom and I actually started did it together because prior to that, she'd had an eating disorder. She was bulimic. And so she kind of it got her on track in her life as to, to health, be a healthier version of her and, and get out of the thing she was in. So we kind of did that together. And, um, 
she's still competing today. I stopped once I started having kids <laughs> and haven't gone back yet. I still train people to do it, but I um, took a pause after having, having kids. But so what it looked like for me was just really honing in the practice of, you know, getting very organized in my time and being intentional with my time and, um, you know, eating healthfully, thinking of my body as like it food that I was using as fuel for my mind as well. So like I was in the best shape. Well, I'd say I'm probably in the best shape of my life now too, just different forms of shape, but in graduate school, and most people are gaining the freshman 15, I was doing, you know, national fitness competitions. And so it's totally possible to not just chuck your health to the curb and be busy. And so that was something I really, I'd say fitness competitions was the first time that I really learned the value of intentionality and also just the depth of personal development and the fact that there's a difference between motivation and discipline. And that motivation isn't what you drive your life by. It's just the decision that you're going to do something and sticking to it. So I, I loved that part about that sport is it really teaches you that kind of stuff and to not just do what people around you doing. Cause most people, you know, I would, I could still go out with friends and they were going to eat or drink or whatever. And I wasn't going to do that. And I wasn't going to do that as a woe as me because I decided I was doing something else. And so it just kind of showed you to, to live the life you want to live and be proud of it and just stand as your own beacon for that. So there were so many lessons I learned through doing that. Yeah. And you talked about the difference between motivation and discipline. That's something really important that a lot of people don't grasp, especially when they get these big dreams and they're so motivated for maybe a week or even a month or even six months, and then they just fall off. So it's the decision. I feel like the why behind what you're doing needs to be strong so that you can choose to have that discipline and know that, you know, going through the, going through that um, process will help you come out better at the end. So right. that's yeah. Good. And don't wait for external fuel. Cause it's not going to be there. Like, again, most people around you don't desire for extraordinary living. Mm-hmm. They don't, it's just, a, you know, they're happy with the usual. And so if you do have this, you know, desire within for extraordinary living, then you're going to have to stand at that example and don't, don't blame other people throw, you know, throwing you off. Like I always talk to my clients about having that champion mindset. If you want to compete and you actually want to win, and you want to talk like you want to win, you want to talk the talk, then you don't just go out on a boat on Saturday and not have what food you need. Oh, well, I didn't have food. And all there was was pizza. Well, that's not, that's not how a champion shows up. You know, that's nobody goes into a situation unprepared if you have the heart and mind of a champion, you know, and, and I love, this is where I love working with the amputees that I do for prosthetics, because I've been blessed to get to work with Paralympic athletes, gold medalists, silver bronze. And one of my favorites is Blake Leeper. And, you know, he, he says his biggest disability isn't the fact he doesn't have two legs. It's what people's uh, perception is of what he, they think he's capable of, you know, they would rather him, you know, you should go take the stair or you should take the elevator, not the stairs, you know, and in his mind, he's like, no, like I'm going to set my own expectation of what I'm capable of, not what the ex, uh, outside world expects from me, because based on their standard of expectation, most bilateral or double leg amputees would be in a wheelchair at home collecting disability checks. You know, and so it's so interesting, like people's external perception of you cannot be your baseline because most of the time it's going to be below what you're, you're truly called for and is what your true capacity. So you have to just set that standard for yourself and be determined to live by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's good. And that's way harder than it sounds right. Way right. harder to do than saying it. But I think also like having that, having people around you to support you, but also like having God on your side, you can, oh, yeah. a lot of people don't realize this, but when they don't have the strength, you can ask God for the strength, you know, because a lot of us don't have internal strength. That's something so right. hard to just work on and, and develop. It's almost like a muscle, but you can ask for that. And that's something that's really cool. And I love how you said, like, you have to be prepared prepared for anything that you go into and also like accountability. I, you sound like you kick people's butts a little bit. And I love that (laughs) because people need that accountability. Right. And a lot of the world today, they don't take constructive criticism well. And, um, sometimes I give it and sometimes I should hold back probably giving it, but, um, people are like, really, they just, they want to live that normal life and they're not in that mindset of abundance. Another question I have for you is you kind of mentioned that you stopped training after you had kids. So I know you're a mom, you're a wife. I already said you're uh, you're a trainer and then you're a practitioner. You kind of talked about that a little bit from 
the other interviews that I've listened to, you seem to carve out time daily to read and grow in your relationship with God. You kind of talked about that earlier um, about um, reading. And so how do you do all this? And what's your best piece of advice for time management or any other tips you have for ambitious or abundant mindsetted people? Yeah. So I'd say the biggest, um, the way that I do it is through a few things and here's goes with the tips too. So number one, is intentionality. Again, learned that with the fitness competition stuff. Like if you want to get all the things you have to and need to get done in a day done, then you have to list, like you have to come at your day with intention. So you can't just wake up and fly by the seat of your pants, or you're not going to be able to get all this stuff done. And especially as a parent, because your kids are going to throw you pivots all the time. Like you're just not, it's not, you're going to wake up if you don't have a pl- an idea of a plan, like, or a plan, have a plan. And then when the things get thrown in, like you can pivot around the plan, but still end up where you want to go. Um, so if you don't show up with any sort of plan or intentionality, you know, it's just not going to go anywhere. It's just not going to work. So I definitely look at my days with intention. And then number two is write down what's important to you. So like what is important as far as categories in your day? So like for me, it would be, you know, my spiritual life's important. I feel like that guides and directs all my decisions and everything I need in the day. So for me, I know that that's important. It needs to be somewhere in the day. And it's best for me to do that at the beginning of the day before everybody's even up. Cause then I know that I got it in and it's not at risk to not happen. And it starts my day off, like on the right wavelength to then make the right decisions the day. So I put that at the beginning. Cause for me, that's, um, my communication system for the rest of the day. So I just want to get my ears open and everything ready at the start of the day. So that's an important piece. Um, career is important to me, you know, so our building our business, my practitioner job, I, I get to work just part-time, um, because we have our other business. And so we're able to, I don't have to work at the practitioner job full-time. Um, and we wanted, I wanted to be home with the girls. So, but still business and building our business and doing these, these things I do is important to me and is part of who I am. So that's important to fit in. And then family spending time with my girls, that's focused and, um, you know, present, um, not multitasking and doing extra things. Um, so doing things with them. So that's probably like my top three. Oh, well, no four. So we'll say four and then my health, my health. So then like my own fitness um, and health. So those are my top four important things. So then you look at your day and you're like, okay, where can these fit in? And they can always fit in. You just have to plan for them to fit in and, and have an idea of what your day is going to look like before that, that day has come. So again, I, I know, and again, it changes with kids as far as like when they sleep and when they don't and stuff, but you, you, you know, what phase you're in when you're in it. So like, so my kids basically get up between seven and eight every now and then, like this morning, Sailor woke up at five 30. So that kind of sabotaged my work time in the morning, but I'll usually wake up at five because that can give me potentially two straight hours of focused work that I can do before they wake up. So I start that five o'clock with my reading in the Bible. So I'll read the Bible and again, I like to use a devotional. The Bible I have is called the Thrive Bible. So it actually has devotionals all throughout it, just popcorn in between the stuff, which I love. So oftentimes what I'll do, if, like I'm in a particular phase of my life, I'll just kind of flip through until I see a title of one of the devotionals that strikes me. And then I'll read that one and I'll read, I'll go to the reference verse that it has and I'll read the chapters before and after that. And so then I may pick just doing the one if I need to, or I'll do a couple just depending on the time that I have available. So I'll do that first, then I'll start my work stuff. And so then obviously I'd like that early in the morning, people aren't awake. So that's not the time of day that I do phone calls and stuff, but it's a perfect time to do emails. Your email is going to be at the top of people's list when they, by the time they open it, maybe at seven or eight o'clock. So I'll do the emails first and plan out what I need to happen. So I'll plan that stuff and I'll get what work things I can accomplish in the, that time of day, but I'll do that the night before. So I'll be like in that five to seven o'clock in the morning time period, these are the things I could check off my list. Then I know the kids will be up and I'm going to have a certain hour span. That's just going to be focused on them. So I can just enjoy that time too. Like the more planned you can be, then you can actually enjoy whatever time block you're in to its fullest, as opposed to feel like you're scrounging all day long. So I can enjoy the time with the kids. And then I know the littlest one's going to nap, you know, at X time. And I can do these certain activities while Malia's maybe what my older child that's three is watching some TV. And so you, you get the gist. So basically I know what's important and where they can plug in. I'll try to do my workout when the baby's asleep. Cause she's more difficult to juggle when I'm lifting weights, but she loves to go on the walk. So if I like three days a week, 
is what I aim to lift weights. And my oldest daughter likes to play in the gym. So I know we can do that together. So I'll do that during that first nap. And then that box is checked, but together when everybody wakes up, we can go on a walk if it's a nice day. So you get the idea of like, you can fit in the things that are important to you, but you have to think about it ahead of time and have an idea of what you want to get done at the different times of day. And the more you can, more detailed you can be about it, the more successful you can be at it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just, another question that just came to my mind is how did you form this? Because I know you're, I would say you're more organized than I am. And right now I am transitioning from, I am done with my full-time job into this new business, uh, bookkeeping business that I have. And so I'm right now trying to form my schedule just because it's so different. And like, I'm trying to have this morning routine and all of this stuff. And so obviously like your routine and your uh, planning wasn't built in a day. Right. So can you talk about like how it was built up and like what improved over time or what struggle you had over time and kind of how you dealt with that and improve that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've always naturally been a planner, like enjoyed trying to be as organized as I can. I've had to practice the skill set of more just like doing things before it's ready. Like the podcast, again, that was an area of resistance. Like you can't really, you just have to start trying stuff. That's hard for me, like not to try to do things perfect the first time. Mm -hmm. So that's taken practice. So on the flip side though, the planning has been more of a strength, but there are things you just can't plan. So like, again, knowing what's important to you, you know, then you kind of, you just, you have to just try things. So like, you can say, okay, I think this would work for my schedule of my day, doing it for myself. And then you start to run into like, so like the perfect example would be, so we had our second child. I kind of figured out how to do it with one. And then we had our second child in October. So she'll be one next month. And so that was a whole new schedule. Okay. What is she like getting to know her? So I definitely gave myself some grace in that beginning period of like, what is she like? <laughs> how do I manage her? Um, does she do well being set down or not? Um, and try to get to know her and what the, what everything looks like. And so um, it took, you know, a week of just trying something out to be like, okay, that didn't work and try it in a new place. And then, well, that didn't work. So try it in a new place. And so you kind of have to do some trial and error to figure out the best flow. And then the flow will work for a while. So especially with kids, like, so then that worked for a while as she was in a certain phase of infancy, then her naps shifted, you know, into different places. Um, or instead of sleeping all the time, she became more active, but took a couple different naps. And so then I reworked the schedule. I, all of the base things I wanted to accomplish were still the same, but the sequence of how I needed to do them changed, you know? So usually mm -hmm. again, if you can know that you're going to show up potentially, so you're actually trying, you know, yeah. as one, and then you know, it's important. So those are always going to stay the same or they may not, you know, they shift depending on the phase of your life, what's most important versus what's not. Um, and then where that's plugged in the day, you just kind of have to have an idea set the night before, try it that day. If it worked out great try it again the next day and if that seems to be the consistent it's working stick to that if it's not working you'll know if something's not working like for me i tried say with the workouts i was trying to do it with with sailor the younger one um, but now that she's been crawling and all this stuff now it's just more work and before it was fine so then i that took a few workouts to be like this is just not working stop start stop start set it down no she's about to stick her finger in the pan you know and so <laughs> oh, that's not gonna work so you figure out like okay I can very clearly see in my cycle that this part's not working anymore. So where else could it work? Okay, I'm going to try it when she typically goes to sleep at 11. So I'm going to plug it there. So try that. That worked out good. Malia did good. Okay, let's keep it there. You know, and then just kind of try it like that. So trial and error is huge. But again, you sort of have a roadmap of the things you're trying to get done, how long they might take. You know, I know that pretty much the workouts are going to be 30 minutes. I need them to be short and sweet. So then where's that 30 minutes going to work? You know what I mean? And so kind of getting an idea of how much time each might take, or if it's a business related thing, you kind of get an idea of how long it takes you to do certain things on that list, whether it's the emails, when somebody's available, that kind of thing, podcast interviews, do I, you know, what, what is it loud in the day at certain times or where do I need to be? So you kind of look at your activities, the time it takes to do it, what kind of ambiance it needs to be to do it. And then look at your day and when could that plug in? Mm -hmm. Um, and so that kind of can keep you pretty on track just to know, like, here's the plan in general, try it on, see how it works, pivot where you see that it's not working and then try it again. And then you'll find a formula. It just takes consistency of giving it a try mm -hmm. and seeing what has the best fit. Yeah. And then yeah. being willing to shift, you know, cause again, 
different things will be important to you at different times. Maybe the business is really busy at certain times, like I'm sure it is for you, like certain times of year are going to be way busier. So that's going to shift and other things might go down the list a little bit more um, or get a little less time for other things. And then other times of the year may flip and you can spend a little more time in other areas and vice versa. So you kind of, again, know when your seasons are in business or life and, and go with, you use that as part of your plan too. Yeah, I know. I'm definitely going to apply all of those because I heard intentionality. That one's so important. And like something to point out to people because sometimes they don't grasp this and like a lot, I mean, I'm speaking to myself, right too. And so <clears throat> just like doing the things that will set you up. So like part of intentionality is not only saying these are the things that are most important to me, but saying like, I'm willing to sacrifice a little bit of sleep to be able to do this. So like waking up early is something that you have to do intentional or like, I'm willing to give up an hour of TV at night to be able to get this accomplished. So not only intentionality in your thoughts, but like intentionality in your practices. So totally got that out of that. And then also like pivoting trial and error. I know I'm going to have to work on that in this phase of my life. And then also grace. So like, I hope people got that from your message is like intentionality, pivoting trial and error, and then grace, because it's all a work in progress. Like we all are right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you so much to wrap this up. I just wanted to thank you for your time and sharing your advice. Contrary to the resistance you got previously, like I definitely think this is your lane and that this is what you're called to do because you're so good at it. We kind of talked about where to find you earlier, but I'll be linking that in the show notes. So thank you so much for your time. I hope you have a good rest of your day. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Wow. Gina is a light in this world. The takeaways I got from today are number one, If you feel a strong calling to do something, but it doesn't make sense to anyone but you, go for it. God's not going to ask you to do something you can do by yourself. The real deal is something you're only going to be able to do with his help. Number two, a strong faith in God is more about relationship than religion. Number three, surround yourself with different types of people to help you succeed. Gina talks about her brother challenging her to think of logistics of her dreams while her mom is an all-in cheerleader. You need both types of people in your life. Number four, If you're facing resistance, find the evidence that you are capable of doing the thing. The best piece of tactical advice that the Path of Resistance podcast has received to date is in times of resistance, find the evidence. When she had internal doubts about the ability to speak on mindset planted by a family member, she overcame that by going back and finding the evidence in her everyday job. Find the affirmations God is giving you. Number five, it's never too late to ditch your limiting beliefs and listen to your dreams from when you were a child. What is that seed that God has planted inside of you? Think about that for a second. Number six, there's a difference between motivation and discipline. Motivation isn't what you drive your life by. It's just the decision you're going to do something and sticking to it. Number seven, be intentional with your time. Plan your days so you can enjoy your time. If you got any different takeaways, or if you want to hear something specific in a future episode, or really just want to say hi, I would love for you to email me. My email is carly at carlywelty.com and is spelled in the show notes. Thank you for listening into the podcast. If you enjoyed it, rate and review, or even better, share it with a friend. See you next time.